Hello everyone, welcome to JTalk Extra Time. John Steele here, just to give you a quick preview of what you're going to hear in this week's episode. And first of all, apologies for the slow upload this week. It was a busy week for all of us in the in the real world, unfortunately. So in part one of the show this week, you're going to hear from James Taylor. He's going to talk you through five of last weekend's J2 games from round 20. After that, I'll take over. I'm going to cover the other six games from the J2 weekend uh, last Sunday. After that, you're going to hear my conversation with a very special guest, Steve Fryer, at rdj one talk on Twitter. We got together to talk about Omia uh, for 30 to 40 minutes, and he helped me to preview the upcoming Round 21 fixtures this weekend in J2 as well. If that wasn't enough, in Part 4, it's the usual J-Talk short corner segment, the mini-pod, with Magic Mike Innes. He has all the J3 news for you, reviewing Round 13 from last weekend and previewing a very enticing Round 14 slate coming up this weekend so uh, yeah all that's to come on on a pack show this week and uh, yeah without further ado uh, yeah on with the show in a moment you're going to hear from james starting the j2 roundup from last weekend hello everyone james taylor here with a quick roundup of five of sunday's games starting with league leaders machida zelvia who maintained their eight point lead at the top of j2 with a 4-1 win against vivara nagasaki Mitchell Dukes scored the first after half an hour, converting a cross from his strike partner Eric. Eric doubled the lead just before half-time, scoring from close range when Nagasaki failed to deal with a long throw-in. It was 3-0 in the 58th minute, Duke again scoring from an Eric cross, and Eric got the fourth five minutes later when calamitous defending from Kazuki Kushibiki and Valdo allowed him to nip in, steal the ball and dribble round the keeper. Juanma Delgado got one back for Nagasaki in the 84th minute, a penalty after he'd been fouled, but it was scant consolation, and Nagasaki dropped to sixth. They've been overtaken by Jubilo Iwata, who got a huge help from Vegalta Sendai keeper Akihiro Hayashi in a 3-2 away win. In just the second minute, he fumbled a free kick into the path of Yuto Suzuki, who tapped it in for 1-0. Then, in the eighth minute, he didn't move for a long-range Rikia Uehara cross that ended up going straight in. Sendai halved the deficit in the 14th minute when Yuto Goke got a touch on a cross from Motohiko Nakajima, in the 76th minute, Iwata got their third, a deflected shot from Keisuke Goto that looped over Hayashi after the Iwata rookie had been able to enter the penalty area completely unmarked. Sendai set up a tight finish with a 90th minute goal by Yasushi Endo after strong work by Foguinho, but the two-goal head start was too much for them to overcome, and they slip to eighth. Monterio Yamagata moved into the top half thanks to a 3-0 win over second-bottom Iwaki FC. Iwaki came close to opening the scoring midway through the first half when Riku Saga hit the post, and again a few minutes later when Yamagata keeper Masaki Goto stuck out a foot to thwart Saga and Yoshihito Kondo poked the rebound wide. And, as has been the case so often this season, Iwaki were made to pay for those near misses three minutes into the second half, a close-range header from Thiago Alves putting Yamagata in front. Ryo Arita hit the bar for Iwaki in the 74th minute, and five minutes later Yamagata got their second, Taiki Kato beating the offside trap, dribbling round the keeper and placing his shot past the defender on the goal line. Kato got his second and Yamagata's third in injury time, finding himself alone at the back post for a cross from the left. Five wins in a row for Yamagata now, one win in ten for Iwaki. Mito Hollyhock opened up a bit of a gap to the bottom two with a 4-1 thumping of Jeff United. United's impressive rookie Hiro Komori actually put them ahead in the 16th minute, deftly controlling, turning and smashing home across from eight yards. That was where the good times ended for Jeff as Mito sliced through their defence time and time again. 
Miso equalised in the 34th minute with a goal from their own impressive rookie, Shimon Teranuma, heading in from close range. Midway through the second half, a neat passing move found Motoki Ohara in the box, and he evaded a defender and shot past Shota Arai to put Mito in front. Takumi Kusumoto made it 3-1 in the 79th minute, scoring from 6 yards, despite the fairly close attention of three Jeff defenders and the goalie, and Mizuki Ando added a fourth late on, a penalty, after Yusuke Kobayashi was deemed to have handled the ball on the goal line. These teams are now level on 23 points, Jeff in 16th, Mito in 17th. And lastly from me, Blaublitz Akita and Zuegen Kanazawa played exactly the kind of game you'll imagine they played when I tell you it ended goalless. Akita keeper Kentaro Kakoi made good saves from Kyohei Sugiura and Junya Kato in the first half, while Akita, for all their huffing and puffing, failed to create any really strong chances. Akita fall to 14th, winless in 5, and only one goal scored in that run. Kanazawa fall to 18th, winless in 5, and only one goal scored in that run. That's all from me, and back to John. Thanks for that, James. Hi again, everyone. John Steele back again with the rest of the J2 action from round 20 last weekend. Oita Trinita are eight points behind the leaders, Machida, in second place after a hard-fought win away at Gunma. The final score was Gunma nil, Oita won. In torrential rain at Shoda Stadium, Gunma's goalie, Masatoshi Kushibiki, was called upon to make two good saves in the first half, and the home side survived a goalmouth scramble after his second fine save when he used his legs to block a goalbound header from a corner. Oita eventually went ahead, though, in the 73rd minute, when a superb right-wing cross from Katsunori Uebisu was headed in by Kazuki Fujimoto at the back post. And Oita actually finished the stronger of the two sides and had another goal-bound header deflected away by a teammate, another Oita player, from another dangerous corner kick chance. And uh, yeah, the visitors also came close to extending their lead late on when Masaki Yumiba hit the base of the post from about 12 yards uh, with a low low effort. So it finished Gunmanil Oita 1. Two wins in a row for Oita, who are now unbeaten in four, and they're up to second place, as mentioned. Gunma, no wins in any of their last four matches, and they're tenth. A point behind Oita in third place are Tokyo Verdi, who came from behind to beat 10-man hosts Okayama 2-1 with a 97th-minute goal at City Light Stadium. In a very bad-tempered game, Verdi nearly took the lead 10 minutes into the second half when Keito Kawamura tried his luck with a dipping shot over the Okayama goalie Daiki Hota from about 20 yards. Hota just about managed to get his fingertips onto the ball and tip it onto the crossbar. A brilliant effort from Kawamura and an equally brilliant save from Hota. But just two minutes later, it was Okayama who went ahead. Ryosuke Kawano played a low ball into the Verdi penalty area from a deep position and the ball ran all the way through to Taishi Semba, who coolly uh, went one-on-one with the goalkeeper Mateus and finished into the bottom corner. It was a superb ball from Kauno, where if he uh, intended it, it was through a forest of players and straight to Semba's feet. So a fantastic pass, and now Okayama 1-0 ahead. Erdi kept going, though, and they levelled in the 65th minute when Byron Vasquez volleyed a deep cross back across goal, and at the near post, the goalkeeper Hota fumbled the ball out to the edge of the six-yard box for Korsuke Saito to fire into the roof of the net for Okayama 1, Verdi 1. Then, about 12 minutes later, a match that had been threatening to boil over pretty much since the kickoff. Well, finally boiled over, as Okayama substitute Thiago Alves picked up two yellow cards in the space of about 60 seconds and was sent off in the 77th minute. 
His first booking was perhaps a little bit harsh when he tangled with the Verdi centre-back Kohei Yamakoshi on the halfway line, but Thiago Alves can't really have any complaints about his second booking. He uh, went clean through, but a heavy touch meant that the Verdi goalkeeper Mateus was able to dive at his feet and take the ball into his hands. In uh, visible frustration, Thiago kicked the ball while it was in Mateus, the goalkeeper's hands. Uh, you know, it's clearly dangerous play and a second yellow card and he was off. At this point, Okayama had clearly uh, and visibly lost their discipline. Uh, earlier on, coach Takashi Kiyama had uh, been booked for chatting back to the referee. That was uh, only in the 18th minute, so that gives you an indication of what this game was like. That was one of seven yellow cards that Okayama ended up with in this game. And you sensed that it was the kind of fractious match that would have a sting in the tail. And it came in the 97th minute when Yamakoshi headed in a free kick from Yuji Kitajima uh, from the edge of the penalty area for a last gasp Verdi winner. So the final score was Okayama 1, Tokyo Verdi 2. Losing in such dramatic fashion didn't do much to improve the collective mood of the Okayama players. And Kodai Sano just back from international duty at the Under-20 World Cup, of course, was shown a yellow card after the final whistle for giving his opinions to the referee uh, a bit too strongly during the post-match uh, handshake. So, uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty entertaining stuff. Uh, plenty of handbags at the end, but Okayama won. Tokyo Verdi 2 was the full-time score. Okayama a ninth after this defeat, uh, and it was their second loss in their last three matches. Kofu are a point behind Verdi in fourth, after a late goal rush saw them beat Yamaguchi with Juan Eschneider in charge on the bench for the first time, 4-0 at the JIT Recycle Inc. Stadium. There were chances for both sides in the first half, with Kofu coming closest to going in front when Kazuhiro Sato hit the post with a low effort from the edge of the box. The turning point in this game was probably the red card that Yamaguchi defender Hidenori Takahashi received in the 57th minute, he picked up a second booking after he tangled with the Kofu skipper Hidehiro Sugai out wide on the Kofu left, and he was dismissed. Shortly after that, Kofu made their numerical advantage count in the 64th minute when the ball ran loose to Sugai on the edge of the Yamaguchi penalty area. He fired in a vicious low drive which hit both posts on its way past the startled Kentaro Seki and into the net for 1-0. Two minutes later, the Yamaguchi floodgates opened as Kazushi Mitsuhira headed in a corner at the near post to double the home side's lead. And it was 3-0, about 10 minutes from full time, when an unmarked Peter Utaka stooped to head in a right-wing cross from Masahiro Sekiguchi. The icing on the Kofu cake was a fourth goal in second-half stoppage time. A perfect through ball from Sho Araki sent Mitsuhira racing clean through, and he powered the ball past Seki and into the roof of the net for his second goal of the game and an emphatic Kofu victory. Yamaguchi a 20th, just three points clear of the relegation zone, and it's clear that uh, Senor Esnaida has quite a big job on his hands for the rest of the season. It was Kofu 4, Yamaguchi nil at full time. Shimizu Espols are up to 7th, a point outside the playoff zone, after a late winner from Carlinos Jr. saw them bring all three points back from their trip to 13th place Kumamoto. It was Kumamoto nil, Shimizu 1 at full time. After a goalless first half, a brilliant half-volley from Kota Miyamoto nearly put Shimizu in front, but his spectacular effort from about 20 yards uh, crashed into the Kumamoto crossbar and went away. 
As the game wore on, it was the visitors who looked the more likely side to win it, and the home goalkeeper Ryuga Tashiro had to make a pair of flying saves in quick succession from Carlinos uh, Jr. But Tashiro was beaten in the 82nd minute when a chipped cross from Kengo Kitazume was headed on target by Carlinos. Tashiro was able to save the header but spilled the ball back into play and in the ensuing goal scramble the Brazilian attacker swept the ball in from about 10 yards to make the final score Kumamoto nil, Shimizu 1. Tokushima Vortis are up to 15th after winning 1-0 at home to Tochigi in round 20. The vital goal came in the 26th minute from the J2 player of the month for May, Kaito Mori. Not a classic game by any means this one and the zone struggled to fill up uh, four minutes of highlights in their, their kind of highlights package. But Mori's goal was a stunner after receiving the ball from Rion Hyon. The big target man lashed in a 25-yard shot that hit the underside of the crossbar on its way into the back of the net. A fine strike, although the Tochigi goalie Kazuki Fujita might be a little bit disappointed that he didn't do better. But Tochigi, uh, in general, offered very little in attack in this game. Tokushima could have scored more. Taiyo Nishino fired wide when he should have hit the target in the first half. And uh, the inform Yoichiro Kakitani should have uh, hit the target with a kind of similar situation in the second half. But it, it didn't matter, and it finished Tokushima 1, Tochigi nil. Tochigi slide down to 19th, uh, four points clear of the relegation zone. In the J2 basement, Omiya Ardija are still bottom after another defensive horror show at home to Fujieda, who were 3-0 ahead inside the opening 31 minutes. The final score was Omiya 2, Fujieda 3. The visitors took the lead in the 17th minute when a low cross from Ryosuke Hisadomi found an unmarked Keigo Enomoto at the far post for a tap-in. And six minutes later it was 2-0 as Ryota Iwabuchi trapped a pass from the Fujieda right on the edge of the Omiya penalty area, strolled into the penalty area under no pressure whatsoever, and fired straight through the goalkeeper, Kasahara. Fujieda were then in dreamland in the 31st minute, when red-hot forward Ryo Watanabe cushioned a volley past Kasahara from Tojiro Kubo's right-wing cross. It was all too easy for Fujieda, and especially for Watanabe, who's on 11 goals for the season now. Omiya did manage to get back into the game with a goal before half-time that owed everything to the persistence of their Brazilian striker, Angelotti. He chased down a loose ball near the Fujieda corner flag and managed to get past defender Kota Kudo, who was foolishly trying to run uh, a very slow ball out of play. Then Angelotti crossed low for Jin Izumisawa to sweep in from 12 yards to make it Omiya 1, Fujieda 3. And right at the start of the second half, Omiya reduced the deficit again. Masaya Shibayama put in a fierce shot from about 20 yards that the Fujieda keeper Tomiki Ueda, a former Omiya man of course, could only parry straight back to him and Shibayama was able to roll the ball into the bottom corner to make it 3-2. And the Squirrels did nearly snatch a draw right at the death. Ueda did brilliantly to claw the ball off the goal line from a Yutaro Hakamata header and then Seiya Nakano saw his follow-up deflect off a pair of Fujieda defenders and go out for a corner, but Fujieda did enough to hang on, and the final score was uh, Omiya 2, Fujieda 3. Omiya 5 points adrift of safety, without a win in their last 12. It's uh, looking pretty bleak at the moment, and I I'm going to put that question to, uh, to Steve Fryer in a moment. Fujieda, unbeaten in their last 4 matches, are in 12th. 
Okay, I think that's all the J2 action from the weekend rounded up between James and myself. So please stay tuned in a moment. Uh, yeah, I was uh, deep in conversation with uh, Steve Fry and we focused on uh, Omiya's uh, plight at the bottom of the table. And we also looked ahead to the round 21 J2 games uh, coming up uh, this weekend. Just before that, though, a quick programming note about a managerial change in J2 that happened in midweek. Second bottom, Iwaki FC have finally uh, fired manager Hiromasa Suguri. Uh, he is out and he's been replaced by Yuzo Tamara. Tamara might be a familiar name because he was Iwaki's manager from 2017 to 2021 before being kicked upstairs to the general manager position. So he's back in the hot seat for now. Hopefully that will help him because he already knows the, the kind of ins and outs at the club and a lot of the players, I'm sure. But yes, Hiramasa Suguri out and Yuzo Tamara in at uh, Iwaki uh, this midweek. Okay, that's the J2 weekend rounded up then, but please stay tuned in a moment. Uh, you're going to hear from me yet again, uh, which is probably boring, but also from Steve Fryer, which is probably a nice a nice change of pace. So please stay tuned. J2, extra time. Welcome back, everyone. John Steele here again, uh, and a very special guest is with me for some uh, J2-themed chat. It's uh, Steve Fryer at RDJ01Talk on Twitter. Steve, how are you doing? It's been a while. Uh, very well, thank you, John. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Very well, thanks, Steve. We were just talking off air that it's uh, getting this sort of hot and humid already, uh, isn't it, uh, in mid-June mid, mid -June here. So I'm, I'm glad I'm a uh, sort of... Um, you know, late late thirties English teacher and not 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 a professional footballer because there'd be too, far too much sweating going on um, this week. But yeah, all good, all good. Thanks, and yeah, hope you are too. Uh, I might be doing uh, better than you football wise, uh, Steve, at the moment because I know for for all my supporters, it's been a, a rough, um, well, first half of the season uh, really hasn't it? And obviously that that kind of um, the game at the weekend. 3-2 uh, home defeat against Fujieda is perhaps emblematic or, or symptomatic of that. I was I was going to ask you first of all about the game on, on Sunday because I know you were there but I think if I'm being honest that game just felt like a kind of microcosm it encapsulated sort of the troubles that Omi have been having uh, so far in, in 2023 so um, take it away Steve I know you've been uh, you've been waiting for a chance to, to offload some Omi of thoughts so go, go for it. What, what, how has it been so far in, in 2023? Well, thank you, John. Thank you for asking. Yeah, um, you're quite right. It's been a rough season for Omiya fans. And, um, uh, you know, um, we, we've lost a manager, Soma. Um, he was disappointing in the end. He kept us in the league last year. But this season, uh, you know, the, the performances have been um, underwhelming, to say the least. And it was disappointing because he, you know, he came as this great defensive-minded um, uh, coach. You know, he played uh, as a defender for the national team, and you know, he played four-four-two. And but we defended absolutely awfully this season, um, and it, so he had to go in the end. And uh, uh, you know, the mistakes keep coming. Um, Harasaki has come in; he was his assistant, and now he's become coach. He seem he still plays four four two. We're still not defending very well, as 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 you probably saw in the game on Sunday, um, and of course, as your listeners will have seen in previous weeks, including the uh, the five one away loss to Kofu, where the I think that was some of the worst defending I've ever seen of any of by any Omir team. Um, you know, but he he has been a bit more attacking, and I think in the last few games there have been moments 
periods, patches of matches where we have looked a little bit better, but we haven't had enough to win games. And this game on Sunday was just another example of it, where after half an hour, we're 3-0 down. Mm. against a team that on that day we went into the match on that day Fujieda were 14th in J2 well if we're 3-0 down after 30 minutes at home to Fujieda who've just come up from J3 I mean I'm sorry yeah well yeah like like we, we were discussing before before recording you know, Omiya could have uh, snatched a point from that game could they Hakamata had that header right at the end where um, the yeah. goalkeeper made a really uh, a fine save and then Sayanakano had the follow-up de- deflected wide but I really think um, perhaps I'm being a bit harsh or sort of puritanical but I always feel if teams if teams have let in three goals in the first half an hour at home they've they've got no business getting any points out of the game you know because they've, they've given themselves too much to do and um, they've made too much of a mess of, of the match to kind of um, be be surprised if they don't get anything. But where 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 do you think is where are the problems, Stephen? You mentioned defensively things aren't aren't good. Um, that's been the case um, for a while. And obviously, there's, there's a few different coaches have been and gone, and there's been turnover of players. Is it is it just something at the club? Is there like a kind of general malaise around the, the club at the moment, or um, what? Can you put your finger on exactly um, why they're having so many so many problems? That's a very difficult question, isn't it? I mean, I, I personally think that these players are, they're doing their best, but there's not really anything special there in terms of quality. Um, they put in a lot of effort, they train hard, um, but, you know, and you're right, we, we you know, in, this, in that game on Sunday, we came back in the second half, well, we actually, we came back towards the end of the first half and got a goal, and then we got a quick goal at the start of the second half, and, and to be fair, in the second half, we played with a lot more energy and, and vitality, um, but we couldn't find that finishing touch, and perhaps, uh, uh, you know, we, we might have, in fact, but um, Fujieda's goalkeeper, who is in, in fact an ex-Omir player and who was an Omir player until he got injured last season, um, Ueda made that great save. Um, but, um, uh, you know, defensively in that first half and in, in so many other games uh, this season, we, 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 give the, we give the opposition players so much space. Um, he, he, um, and all, all three, all three goals of, uh, of Fujieda on Sunday. If we look at that, you know, came, were very, very similar. All started on on Fujieda's right. Uh, all involved defenders backing off five yards, ten yards, backing off. Uh, allowed them to make nice-looking passes in areas where they shouldn't be able to make those passes because we should be a lot tighter and a lot closer. Uh, Urakami, who's joined us at the start of this season from um, from uh, uh, from Kofu, you know he, he's a strong guy. He's a he's a well built guy, and he should be a lot more faster and a lot more closer to the def- defenders on um, certainly on goals two and three of Fujieda, um, and that's happening. That's happening all, all seasons. I just don't think the players, are, the defensive players, aren't really good enough. Um, uh, you know. I would go back to that Kofu game that's still in my head because it was such a nightmare. Some of the errors in that game were laughable. And if you do that with Peter Attacker around, and um, so I don't know, is that, are, are, are they not, 
are they not buzzed up before the game? Are they not keyed up? And do they not start in the right, the right energy? Um, mm. Are they making just casual areas? Because I, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I think the managers, you know, I, I could argue with some decisions. I can't with Harasaki yet because he's only had a few games and it's not his play. He didn't choose the players. I, I don't know how much, how much he can change in the mid-summer and the mid-season transfer window. But uh, Soma, you know, he could have played. He could have played. He could have played Kawata more. He 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 dropped he dropped uh, Tommy Hammer and he had he had Angelotti and Nakano who hasn't been very good this season. But he had Angelotti and, and Nakano out. He dropped Tommy Hammer to the bench and started to play Kojima, who is one of my favourite players at the club and I, I think probably the mm. um, player of the season so far for his energy and he, he he plays in that central midfield and he he i mean it's not a good midfield that he's organizing but he's organizing it the best he can mm. and drives forward and he he, he he closes down he closes down you know mm. it feel we need someone like him in defense but we don't have it mm. um uh you know um he, he summer played him up front and he did a very good job in fact mm. you know it's the best job he could do but he's not a striker um, and uh, you know, so I, I, you know, I could pinpoint, and I could, we could go back to the to the managers before summer, and um, uh, you know, and, and pinpoint errors, pinpoint decisions and choices of players that I, I disagree with. Um, but generally, I don't think they have, you know, a quality squad, and we haven't. Mm. Um, and then, is it the club? Is the club investing the money wrongly? Can't they attract the players now? We, we've got, you know, we've got one overseas player, and he's a lone player. Um, mm-hmm. We've got lots of, we've got a very thin squad, and which, which what Soma found, you know, uh, that's why probably he decided to make that decision to play, to play Kojima in um, attack because he didn't trust mm-hmm. um, our sort of eighteen or nineteen year olds. Well, I think Omiya always seemed to have this paradox of like, I think when you mention a thin squad, that's that's true. But they at the same time, they seem to have a lot of players in the, the squad, but they don't have much quality, right? Or much depth. It's like there's this, agree with you. I this weird agree. paradox there of like too many sort of non, um, not to be mean, but non-entities, if you like, in the yes, squad. I, I certainly agree with you on that. I, I don't now. Uh, two or three seasons ago, I think uh, I, I did feel like we had a lot of players. Wasn't there one season when we had a squad of something like 50 players? But well, that has really been shredded since then. Um, I, I often, as you know, on Twitter, and you meant thank you for mentioning my Twitter account earlier. Um, I, I, from time to time, I do a general um, update of where Omir are in, in some tweets, and I often get a reply from some people about, oh, what uh, Omir, you know, their squad is, exp- you know, one of the top six uh, most expensive squads in in J2. But I think. I think that is a kind of urban myth from about six years ago. Mm. Um, if if it is true now, and I I personally, people tweet me with this sometimes. And I think, how do you know this? I don't know this. I have never known this. Mm. I imagine it was the case when we came down from J J one the last time, but mm. a, a few years ago. But I certainly don't imagine it is now. Look well, at it's, the squad. I mean, if it's, we it, are it, if we are the top six most expensive squad in J two. 
the money has been wasted. Yeah, well, I think it's it's very hard. You, you can't really argue that in terms of like points collected, league placing, and quality of, of the squad. I mean, the, the the team's been downgraded year on year, hasn't it? So, yeah, I think I think that's that's hard to argue. I'm still surprised. It was at Utah Mikado when he left. He went to Imabari in, in J3. So you can imagine that probably the, the salary that they were offering might have been not dissimilar to what he was getting at Omiya. Uh, you know, because players don't tend to at that age, at that age they don't tend to move for a lot less money somewhere. So that that was that was perhaps quite instructive. Um, let's let, let's try and get a bit a bit positive, um, Steve, because I'm I'm conscious that we we're heavily skewing towards the kind of uh, you but know negativity. Kind of season, yeah, right? but you you mentioned yeah, um, okay. well, you mentioned Masato Kojima has been a been a bright spot sort of in midfield, and he's he's had a cameo up front as well. And you you also mentioned the the, the, the foreign striker that's uh, Angelotti yes. on loan from Kashiwa. He's uh, he he's looked quite bright uh, t- to me. They really missed him when he was out injured for a, a few weeks, didn't they? So what what have you made of his uh, contract? Contribution and uh, is there anybody else who stood out uh, and in in a positive way? Uh, we, we, all my supporters listening might need some more positives. So any any positives for us? Okay, so we we mentioned Kojima. I think he's doing really well. Um, I think um, Angelotti. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're grateful to have him, and he's. I think he's worked well with Tommy Yama, and um, it, as you mentioned, uh, it, it was it was a big loss for us when when he got injured, oh, Angelotti got injured. Uh, we, we were actually, I think, about sixth or seventh in the league and had had a nice start to the season for Almir, to be fair. Um, but as soon as that happened, the thinness of the squad, you know, was, was um, uh, you know, w- w- was seen and we just slipped, you know, sl- slipped down the league week after week and we've now, we're now in this position. Um, but, Angelotti's come back about two or three games ago. It's a bit of been a bit of a slow recovery, but on on Sunday he did look really lively. He's putting in the effort. He was clearly frustrated and very disappointed against Kofu. You know, when losing five one away, he looked embarrassed and just wanted to get off the pitch. Mm-hmm. And of course, the players, as you know, in Japan have to go and stand in front of the away of, of, of their fans when they've just lost five one. Um, he looked really lively on in the second half. I mean, he's working in a, you know, he's doing his best in a poor team. I mean, he hasn't got anyone really to, to, to work with, but he has looked better with Tommy Ammer. Tommy Ammer's got five goals this season. I, you know, in in recent seasons, and Mike on your short corner knows, and you know, we used to laugh at Tommy Ammer. You know, think, you know, can't we get a better striker? Um, but he's actually been a, you know, a, he's been actually one of our better players. So Kojima, Angelotti has looked lively. Angelotti goes ninety minutes. This is another point I'd like to ask you about. Angelotti goes ninety minutes. He consistently gets ninety minutes, and yet, um, say on Sunday, look at this. We were three 0 down after thirty minutes. We started to play a bit better. Three 0 down after thirty minutes, disaster. You know, we started to play a little bit better, although in that last 15 minutes of the first half Fujieda still had one or two chances and you know really possibly could have gone four four nil up mm. we got one goal back um again Angelotti was involved showing it using his strength using his power using his control and put a nice pass into um Izumi Sawa who finished who finished it well Izumi Sawa was starting to look lively um Izumi Sawa it, at the end of the first half, had another shot saved, 
um, and, uh, and we had and we were looking close to scoring a second goal there. Half time, second half starts. No Izumisawa. Mm. You know, uh, now, and, and if you look, if, if your listeners, you know, would be interested to go and look at the the data, you know, Izumisawa has has whether he's been a substitute or a starting player, has rarely lasted. <laughs> more than half an hour or 45 minutes. And uh, Tommy Ammer Tommy was, was taken off at half time. I have no idea why. You know, can't these players last even 60, 70 minutes and put in a real shift? Mm. You know? I don't mm. know if that was tactical, but I would go Kojima, Angelotti, Tommy Ammer. After that, I'm not really, oh, sh- oh sh- sorry. Um, uh, Shibayama. Mm. This is not Shibayama. A little bit more disappointing than last season. Um, not as effective this season. Has spent more time, a bit more time on the bench. Um, but he's he's full of potential. When he, but he, but he doesn't drive us on enough. He doesn't he doesn't do it enough. He doesn't stretch the defence. It's not happening for ninety minutes. Mm. Um, you know his goal was full of energy and um, you know he got a. You know, a bit like um, Utaka against us. He took a shot, he was saved, and uh, he got the rebound. Um, yeah, Shibayama would be probably another name I'd mention. Mm. No, that, that's fair enough. Yeah, with, with, with Shibayama, he's sort of like constantly I, I i i mean i watch omia from afar i'm i'm not i'm not right up right up you know following weekly necessarily or, or following everyone but Shibayama, you know that name this is the probably the fourth season uh, or maybe even third or fourth season where this Shibayama comes up and I I see the potential there and he pops up with the good goals now and again and and, and assists you know like like uh, the the goal he got against uh, Fujieda on Sunday but I'm still waiting for, like is he when is that breakthrough gonna come well, where he is he's 20, like the he's main... oh he's only twenty okay so he's he still broke, got time he broke through very young yeah he's I still mean, got time it, that's fair enough he's probably one of those players where it won't happen at Omir you know it'll happen he might be one of our ones that. You know, we've had a lot of players leave. Mm. Um, some of them, you know, disappear or just, you know, mm. spend their time on substitute benches or playing, mm. you know, Empress Cup games. Yeah. But one or two do get, you know, do. Yeah, I don't think, pra- perhaps I, I've been a bit harsh. I didn't realise he was so, so young. So he does still have the time to, 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 to break through. Uh, you know, like pro- properly break through and be like a nailed on sort of starter. But um, yeah, I do, I do tend to find he, I notice him sort of once every five games, once every six games, where he's got the ability that I should notice him every every game, I think. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, probably t- time is time is on his, his side, I think. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, l- looking at the table, um, Steve, I don't mean to, uh, don't mean to depress you further, but I was, I, I hadn't realised, I'd been focusing on the fact that Omi are still within, they're sort of within touching distance of Iwaki, aren't they? It's two yes. points, two points is the gap in, in the relegation zone. But Omi are now five points five adrift points of three. safety. Yes. And uh, I couldn't, I realised that I couldn't remember. I, to, full disclaimer, I've been extremely busy uh, with the day job in the last couple of months, but I, I couldn't remember the last time Omi had won a game uh, in the league. Uh, I know I know they had that win against uh, Jeff in the in the Emperor's Cup last last week, but in the league I couldn't remember them winning a game. And it's no wins in twelve, isn't it? Now I checked. Yes. So what is your uh, Empress Cup? Sure, sure, sure. So in 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 league play, it's you know getting on for sort of two two three months since they won a game. Um, yes. What is your you're a very experienced football watcher. You're a very experienced Ormia and, and J2 um, watcher. What is your gut telling you about the second half of the season? Because I still think 
I, I, I might be. Uh, th- this is sort of J- James has made this point. James Taylor's said that Omi have got this Matsumoto Yamaga vibe of looking too good to go down, but then sleepwalking into it. And I'm starting to feel the same. I'm still not convinced Omi have got the one of the two worst squads in right. that in J2, but they are, they're defending. They've certainly got one of the two worst defenses, I think, based on what I've seen. Perhaps not statistically, but based on like just how how anxious they make me when when I watch them defend him. Um, they're very poor. Do you think? Obviously, they could get out of it, but what was your? Do you think they're they're going to be okay? You know, in the end, and there's still plenty of football to be played this year. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm frankly surprised that you and James think that we're too good to go down. I mean, we came very close last season and we didn't improve up the squad really, apart from um, Angelotti, but he can't do it on his own. And apart from Angelotti, the squad probably weakened. I, I don't think Urakami hasn't made much positive impact for me. Mm. Maybe that's, that's arguable, but you know. Um, I, I'm surprised you, you think like that. I think um, I think we're only going one one way at the moment. Mm. Um, we, as I go, I go back to say, repeat what I said earlier. We we were three 0 down after 30 minutes against the 14th club, who mm. were J three last season. Mm. Um, they looked they looked a lot better than us. If we don't, you know, okay, that that's maybe all on the defence, as you've just pointed out. Maybe we're one of the two worst defences. I can't believe we're not the worst defence. Yeah. Um, we have got to play uh, much stronger from the start, with much more energy from the start. We've got to find some. Uh, we, we've got to get tighter in defence. I, I wish we would start, you know, clearing the ball just quicker. You know, is this a cultural thing? The way that you know J League plays its football, but we were even at you know three nil down. We were still playing the ball about you know, just in front of our own penalty box, as if we're Barcelona. You know, yeah. we, we put ourselves into problems. Lots of those goals in those in previous games, and I keep going back to Kofu, the Kofu game, but, you know, three of those games, I three of those goals against Kofu, I believe that if our defence had actually just booted the ball clear um, in true English <laughs> style, mm. um, there wouldn't have been we wouldn't have put ourselves under pressure and any problems because our defense you know um can't really do that that style shouldn't be doing that style yeah i, I think i think i i i can i haven't watched Olmio as closely as as you um this season clearly but i get the sense they're one of these teams where it's just a bit too easy to play against them isn't it i think Absolutely. you really you really Absolutely. saw that in the, the first half or that first 30 minutes against Fujieda, which was just an unmitigated disaster. I mean, Fujieda, not a bad team. Very, very good attacking side. Toji Okubo, who sort of patrols the right right flank for them, is an excellent winger. We haven't um, mentioned winger. it. Yes. Uh, you know, we haven't. We should, but, you know, Ryo Watanabe has been a, a revelation up front. Good. He's a top, that, that top scorer. That diamond were very good. Yeah, the, 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 but they, they can they can hurt good teams in all kind of ways when they come forward. But Omi are just kind of, you know, it's like the parting. You know, they, they parted for them. They let them do what they wanted and I think one thing you, you mentioned kind of football culture the thing that sort of exasperates me in the in the J-League quite often is uh, fullbacks don't do enough to stop crosses coming into their penalty area um, which is, is uh, uh, if you're coming from the sort of Brit- British football background it's, it's a, a crime <laughs> to, to yes. allow crossing into penalty but I think Omiya had this they have a thing where at least um, I, I should mention this, but you know I'm watching your Calm FC a lot at the moment, so you know I do I do see a lot of un- unchallenged crosses coming into yes. the box. But at least at least with your Calm FC, when when the ball is on the ground on the edge of your Calm FC's penalty area, 
players are stepping up quickly to close that down uh, so that teams can't... But I, I thought a problem in the game... I mean, there, there was the old the sort of traditional J-League problem of crosses raining into the box from, from, from the flank, but also players just having possession on the edge of Omiya's penalty area perfectly, you know, within shooting range and players just not closing down, not being close enough, not reacting. And, um, yeah, I think I'm in the situation where... I am sort of. I have this gut feeling that I still think they they might end up getting out of it. But the evidence in front of me is it's going to be they're going to need a really big improvement in like every area uh, over the next. You know, I mean, on the one hand, half the season is left, but on the other hand, half the season is gone. And what we've seen in the first twenty rounds has not been um, not 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 much to fill you with enthusiasm, right? You have got one star player. We haven't got a star player. We haven't got a star player. We haven't mm. had a. I don't think Angelotti can be called a star player. Not yet. No. I have what I have. Yeah. Um, to conclude my answer to you, I think we must defend much much better. There is no question. We have to defend much mm. better. Mm. Um, you know, we've lost. We've lost to plenty of the teams around us we've lost to Iwaki we've lost to Fujieda we've lost to you know a lot of the te- to, uh, well some of the teams that were around us at the time that have now moved away you know um so we must improve our defending yes no that's very st- yes it's- then then we must find we've got Kojima and another player I'd like to meet to, to throw into the hat of positives for me, we haven't seen enough of him, but is Oyama. I think he's there is a positives in him, but he needs to be in a, a good midfield, and it's not really happening mm-hmm. at the moment. But he's got a, he's quite he's a midfield player. He's got quite a good cross of the ball in, in play and from corners and free kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see him a bit more involved, but he's he needs support because he's not maybe as good defensively. But we need some kind of creativity in that midfield, and we need we need more. I mean, Izumi Sarif, he's only going to play you know limited minutes. Uh, we need more from Shibayama, um, and hopefully more from Izumi Sawa to, you know, um, in terms of speed and attack and stretching the opposition's defence and hopefully creating. I mean, they both scored on on Sunday, but also hopefully creating goals. And then finally, we need someone to bang the goals in. And you know, Tommy Anna's our top scorer with five. Now I don't know where that stands in the J two you know um the j2 scoring list but well rio watanabe has a 11 he's a top scorer with 11 right well i'm looking at our attackers okay nakano no goals uh, yajima hasn't played you know muroi he's had 17 games no goals yamazaki's had nine games one goal it, it, that that was actually the first first game of the um the new managers um uh, 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 uh Tenorship, and uh, it was at uh, we actually got a, a home draw against um, Sendai, so it was, it was a nice important goal, but one goal in nine games. Um, you know, Tommy Amma's got five goals in nine go- in nineteen games, and Osawa's got one goal in five games. So you know, we need to score more goals. Yeah, I think I think that, that yeah, there's lots of uh, lots of half-term uh, homework for uh, for Harasaki, Mr. Harasaki, to be working on, isn't there? But I suppose maybe one other point we could mention before we before we move on is that you know there is, there is still the transfer window to open, and yes. perhaps perhaps clubs, if if things mm. clubs the club statement, the famous club statement, which rightly you and James laughed at the other week, and I laughed at it too. Um, 
you know, we are not going to finish in the top in the playoff positions. Obviously, we want survival. It should all be that that club statement should have all been about, you know, we're going to stay in this league. We're going to make sure we stay in this league and push up as high as we can. But you know, that's what it should have been about. Mm. It did hint at um, midsummer um, transfers when the window opens. Um, uh, I just can I just finish? You, yeah, go one, go 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 for it. One yeah, go, go ahead. Point, one little positive point, you know. We did play better in the second half. We did play better in the second half. Now, were, were Fujieda, you know, others may argue Fujieda was sitting back, but we did play better. Mm-hmm. Um, we did play, even against, against Kofu, we played better until we suddenly made horrendous mistakes and then went and got hammered. You know, we played better for 20 minutes and got ourselves into the game and then, you know, Imploding. Well, we played yeah. better. We played better at home against, you know, Sendai. They're, you know, I presume Sendai are trying to, you know, they're not doing that. They're slowly improving, but they're a team that would expect to be, you know, doing well. You know, we played okay against them and got a home draw. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had, we've had these. We went away in the Emperor's Cup, and I know that's a, you know, the different sides were put out and everything, but we got an away win against Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, we have played in patches, so that's the positivity. But mm. I think there's too much on the negativity at the moment, mm. and we're drifting. And if we don't change that, the defence, the midfield, and the attack, in those aspects that I just mentioned, I've, I'm afraid I think we might be going down. Because mm. and you mentioned the points that were adrift, we can't even get any points at the moment. Mm. So we're already five points adrift. Well, I think we've done a good job of presenting a fairly balanced uh, case there. I think perhaps just uh, just before we before we 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 wrap up the Ormia chat, I would mention I don't, I don't think anybody should be should be too worried just yet because I mean Iwaki are pretty dreadful and um, Yamaguchi. Um, have appointed Juan Schneider as the manager, so that they're about to they're about to start shipping goals right. at industrial industrial right. levels. So um, well, it's, not, right it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Okay, they're right down there. Tochigi and I'm sorry for James Callis hour <laughs> have been falling recently. I mean, Tochigi are kind of interesting. They're sort of one week get a nice result and then one week get a, get a not so good result and then mm. get a draw and then get a good. They're a bit up and down, I think, but they're, they're right there at the moment. They're, they're only five points ahead of. Uh, mm. Sorry, um, uh, they're only on twenty points. So they're, they're, so I tell you what, I tell you what, just do the the bottom. Callis hour, you know, mm. they're falling at the moment. So. But the, that that bottom that bottom six of the the J two. Uh, standings. It's it's Tochigi and and Kanazawa's natural habitat. Uh, they they sort of know what to do when they find themselves in the bottom six. So I think Ormia find themselves not only in the bottom six but bo- bottom bottom. And well, I'm, yes. I'm not sure if the players uh, looking, you know, just no. looking at the, the the players in the well. There's no tunnel, is there, at NAC five? But looking at the no. players warming up or in the you know the dressing room, like, are you guys really? Yes. Do, do you realise how far you're going to have to roll your sleeves up from this point? I, I think the Tochigi, you, you're totally right that they they're up and down and Canners out too. But those players know exactly how much sort of sleeve rolling is required to get out of it. And I'm, one of the things I'm concerned with Ormi is they might have that Matsumoto problem of too many players. Like, oh, we'll probably start picking up points soon. We'll probably start picking up points soon. Yeah, I, I, I suddenly we've got three games left. Too many players. I, I, I know you think we've got too many players, but I don't think we have. Not um, enough. I don't think we have. But, um, or, or they're the wrong players. The wrong kind of players. <laughs> um, and I, you know, Kanazawa is an interesting one. I, I, I agree with your point. I mean, but then again, I, while you were saying that, I was thinking, well, hold on, Omiya have been in this position for the last two or three seasons, not quite at the bottom, but we've always, we've been in the bottom five, you know, and fighting relegation. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's a fair point. Angle, we're right at the bottom now, yeah, I that... take your point. Um, 
the mm. one thing, I mean, you know, we, we should ask James, but I mean, I, I thought that at the beginning of the season, Kanazawa, I mean, sorry, the pre-season, Kanazawa took on board a lot of players, didn't they? Didn't they have a large turnaround of players? Uh, or... I believe that's true, but I would have to check with James. I think he was so excited they may, that they... they mm. may, your point may very well be right, that they are good for fighting, but mm. that that whole whole wholesale changes of a team sometimes doesn't work no that's very true that's very um, true well look there's, there's oh, go ahead go ahead Steve. we are in the worst position yeah we have got to fight we've got to we've got to see the positives and uh work on really really in training work work hard on that defense good stuff good stuff I, I think i think harasaki should just play them this this pod um and that would probably yeah. get them off but um Steve, i think we, I he th- might be okay harris, yeah but yeah. but he needs the players. Mm. Okay. Is, is it the board? Is it the board? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think we. Is we, it we, Dokomo? Where's Dokomo? Well, we've. I think we, we've shared out the blame equally among uh, all parts of the playing staff and and the backroom. So, yeah, let's. Well, let, let's let's get let's get positive again, um, Steve. Yeah. Th- thanks for the Omia analysis. It's always good. Always a uh, always a pleasure. And I hope it was good to get some of that off your chest as well. You've been carrying okay. that around for a few okay. months. But um, c- can you help me out with a preview of the the J two weekend that, that's coming up? So we we're, we're we're finally. Or, well, perhaps it seems to have gone very quickly. So we're going to reach the halfway stage this weekend, right, with round 21. So I'll run through some fixtures uh, and then I'll just pop over to you for some comments and a, and a quick preview if that's okay, Steve. So, that's okay. yeah, on Saturday, uh, June the 17th, there are five matches and uh, there's just one game at 2 p.m. It's uh, Fujieda, who we talked about a little bit on this pod, uh, hosting Kumamoto. So 12th hosting 13th at 2 p.m. on Saturday. And then the rest of the games on Saturday are evening kickoffs as the uh, hot summer hot summer weather approaches. At 6 p.m., and there's quite a big game at the bottom, Kanazawa against Mito, that's 18th hosting 17th, and then at three games at 7 pm, it's Tokushima against Yamagata. So, uh, resurgent Yamagata in 11th go to 15th place, then the sort of fairly resurgent Tokushima. There's a big game at Resonac Dome, it's Oita against Okayama. So, second placed Oita host the, the team in 9th at Okayama, and then I think the game that you're going to want to talk about, uh, Steve, also at 7 pm, Nagasaki against Omiya. So, Nagasaki in sixth uh, just had a bit of a hiding, didn't they, against Machida? Uh, at the weekend and they're, they're hosting the bottom side Omiya so um, yeah those are the Saturday games um, Steve Nagasaki away w- w- what are we thinking okay yeah well, I'm just going to say before that I'd recommend to your listeners probably to watch uh, uh, Oita v Okayama or uh, maybe uh, Vortis v Yamagata rather than uh, rather than the other Saturday games um, but um yeah, I'm obviously very interested in Nagasaki v Omiya. Um, it's a tough away game for us. They are sixth. But they have lost, I think they've lost their last two games, but it was Kofu and Machida, so that's no shame in that, is there? Um, and I think in their recent games, they've been drawing quite a few games. So, you know, there's there, there's a few, you know, just trying to find a little bit of positivity that Omiya <laughs> might be able to go away and get something. Mm. I was looking at their squad and they've got so many overseas players and I'm really jealous. I mean, I, you know, of course, it, we're coming up against an ex, some ex Omiya play, uh, players, uh, possibly, you know, they may, um, there's Juan Mar is there who was, you know, I, I talked about earlier that, you know, Omiya doesn't have a, a, a you know, a, a really big scorer, and we don't have a target man. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call Tommy Hammer a target man. You know, Wanma, he used to play for us for a while and uh, for a season or so. Mm. Um, he, he's there. Um, you've got Okui is uh, 
you know, he was a wing back for us. I quite liked him. He had a lot of speed, and he might be, he might have still been useful for us if we still had him. But he, he's only actually played one game this season, so I don't know if um, your your uh, uh, if Nagasaki fans uh, know anything why that is. Mm. Uh, and I think there's a there's a defender uh, Kushibiki who used to play for Almir, so we may come up against some of our ex players. Well, yeah, Kushibiki's um, been in red hot goal scoring form as well in the last uh, last few few rounds. It's a lot of goals from set plays, so uh, yeah, it's one so of the another. The yeah, he's another another Omiya player, uh, kind of you know, sort of going, <laughs> leaving Omiya and then kind of making a name for himself elsewhere, which uh, seems do. to be a thing. Some, yeah, yeah, some don't, some do. <laughs> well, um, yeah, ho- they hopefully all they all leave. Yeah, ho- hopefully it uh, hopefully it goes well uh, on Saturday night, uh, Steve. Well, it, yeah, it's not that's that's a, a tough match. But if 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 Omiya need any pointers about how to beat Nagasaki, then they they need only to watch back the the match of the game, don't they, from the weekend where they they got they got a bit of a thumping. So um, there is there is hope. There is hope. Uh, how about the Sunday uh, Sunday games then? We'll talk about Sunday, June the eighteenth. So again, from an, Omiya, from an Omiya point of view, it's Iwaki v Jeff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we, we well, need um, we need Jeff to we need Jeff to win. Well, let, let me let me run through the games. Uh, oh, Stephen, it's okay. Yeah, I know you're excited. That's good. That's yeah, good. We want excited. we want with passion. Passion is good. <laughs> so on Sunday, there's just one game at two p.m. So that's uh, Yamaguchi against Sendai. There's all my supporters might also have one eye on that game because Yamaguchi are in twentieth, uh, hosting Sendai, who are eighth. That'll be a first home game for um, the the perma scowling uh, Juan S. Snyder, a new new manager at Yamaguchi. Uh, of course, and then one game at 4 p.m. It's a big one, and I'll come to you on it in a sec, Steve. Iwaki uh, against Jeff Chiba. Yes, yeah, so second bottom Iwaki, uh, dreadful form at the moment. So they've actually just fired their manager uh, as well today, so it'll be a di- different manager yes. in charge. Uh, I think that the general manager's taking over for the time being. Uh, Jeff are in 16th um, going into that game, and then two games at 6 p.m. So uh, the leaders, and uh, we have to say at this point, in contractually runaway leaders, Machida, uh, the first place team, they go away to 19th place. Tochigi, again, um, you might be hoping for a favour from Machida in, in that game okay. uh, if you're an Omiya supporter. And uh, yeah, also at 6 p.m., Tokyo Verdi against Gunma. So Tokyo Verdi, they're, they're up and around the, the automatic promotion places in third. They're hosting Gunma, who are down in 10th at the moment. Okay, so Steve, you've waited patiently. Iwaki against Jeff at 4 p.m. on Sunday. What what are you you hoping for or what what are you thinking? Well, yeah, obviously, I've already given the game away, but um, we have to hope that Jeff um, win that game, that they take advantage of the fact, as you said, that uh, Iwaki have sacked their coach today and have have only got a temporary uh, manager at the moment. you know that, in fact, uh, funny enough, Iwaki's last win, I believe, was 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 their their home win against Ormia, uh, which just proves that we can't even beat the teams around us. Um, uh, and I th- and, and they've been on a terrible run, of course, Iwaki. Um, you know, uh, Jeff are doing okay. I mean, they're sixteenth. They're not. They're still, as you say, there's still a lot of the season to go. They might, um, you know, they might push up a bit. So I, I hope that they're, uh, you know, that they're, they're organised and that they, you know, they they, they punish Iwaki um, and don't let Iwaki get get any points because if we don't get any points against <laughs> Fibar and Nagasaki, then we're going to get drift further a, a, away from everyone. Um, this Sunday could be really interesting for Omir fans as well, couldn't it? Because if Sendai beat Yamaguchi, Jeff beat Iwaki, and Machida beat to- uh, Machida beat Tochigi, uh, then you know that that would be mm. really, really positive. For well, I, yeah, yeah I, I suppose the dream scenario is if Omir somehow 
come back from Nagasaki with three points if, if yes. Kan- Kanazawa and Mito draw on Saturday and then yeah Yamaguchi Iwaki and Tochi you all lose then uh, yeah I think things will look a lot rosier won't they anyone can have a dream yeah that's right that's right it's, well it comes real yeah yeah it's the j2 is notoriously unpredictable or certainly unpredictable by me uh steve so you're, uh, yeah i think it's, it's it's of course possible that this could could happen but um yeah i think um you were right in your comments sort of earlier i think all just need to get their own house in order don't they first of all and then we can we can worry about other teams a bit more uh, later, but yeah, I think it's not inconceivable. Yamaguchi not doing, not not playing well. Tochigi, it's a toss up. What kind of Tochigi you get, really? At every game, like I said, and I, I feel that way about Jeff Chiba as well. To be honest, it's been true for years, hasn't it? The, if the good, if the good Jeff Chiba turn up, that's probably going to be a two 0 win for them. Uh, and if it's the bad Jeff Chiba, then you just ne- you never know. <laughs> you never know that's what. That's how they've been for a few Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. Lot, lots to look forward to. Um. On on the weekend slate as usual. Um, yeah. Well. But potentially. Yeah. I think. Yeah. L- listeners might be wondering uh, about uh, the 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 Shizuoka based teams, uh, Shimizu and uh, Iwata, but they they don't have a J two game at the weekend. Uh, that's because they're finishing off their Levant Cup uh, group stage campaign. So in round six uh, of the group stage at six pm on Sunday, uh, Iwata, who are already eliminated, they'll be away at uh, Sapporo, uh, and uh, Shimizu host Urawa. And uh, that that game's a bit more interesting because if Shimizu can win, they will they will be the group winners yeah. uh, of their Levant Cup group and go into the the, the knockout stage. And uh, uh, Steve, they, they'll also embarrass you know they'll they'll embarrass Urawa. So I'm sure you'll be uh, rooting for Shimizu uh, in that particular yes, uh, encounter. Yes, and then uh, yeah, I think we can we can finally uh, wave goodbye to the Levant Cup group stage after uh, after Sunday. Now, I, have a question. I mean, do you think? I mean. Uh, I've been following the the, 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 the you know the uh, Shizuoka teams. I mean, again earlier in the season, uh, well not uh, yeah a few certainly a few weeks ago or maybe I don't know what what it might be now a month two months ago they were down they were both down near us and uh, when when we were sliding down that way now now we are bottom they've picked up. I mean Jubilo we know have had their transfer ban and Shimizu obviously they they were disappointed to come down from J1 to J2 and started slowly. They both improved, and you know they're both what up. They're up in the top. Are they in the top eight? Yeah, I think Shimizu, Shimizu have just tailed off in the last few games. I think they they haven't won for like last four. I don't think. I mean, um, I but, but they were on a tear. They were on a tear before that when they changed managers. Yeah. I mean, I think they're still outside. You know, outside chances for you know to to get back to J1. Those teams. I know Magido are running away with the top place at the moment but you know they have to keep going obviously mm. um i just wonder with with both those sides whether this uh you know this this league cup is uh, mm. draining there yeah well i think in iwata's case definitely because they're they're short they're shorter players um you know short of squad depth in the league at the moment mm. so. I think, yeah, for, for my money, and um, I could be, this this might come back to haunt me, I think it, it probably will, but I think Shimizu's squad is comparable with Machida's in terms of quality, if maybe not depth. I think I'd probably have Shimizu as like second best squad um, in the division, so they're perhaps under underperforming a little bit so you know, based on I that. Think so. I think so, I agree. Yeah, but every time, every time I see them... Yeah, there's so many, so many good, so many good players in the in in the squad, and uh, Iwata, I think they perhaps have done a bit better than I, I thought. They've obviously had a Keisuke Goto, this young 19-year-old forward, uh, who's who's come in and been and been really good. And the um, the the source of that transfer ban, you know, Fabian 
Gonzalez, he's now he's served his sort of cast imposed suspension now, and he's back to to, to bolster the Welcome. forward line. Yeah, so um, I think Iwata and Shimizu. Uh, something I mentioned earlier just came back into mind. That Omi, I think Omiya and uh, apologies, Steve. Omiya are a really nice side to play against at the moment. I think so. Um, and I, and I think Shimizu and Iwata are probably the opposite because you don't see the ball that often when when you play against them. And they have dangerous forwards and 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 wide players who who can really hurt you. So even if they might be a bit dodgy at the back and at centre back, you you often don't get the chance to to expose that. Whereas I think Ormia is a bit of a um, uh, well, I don't know. It's just too easy, too easy to score, too easy to play against, too easy to score against at the minute. Having okay. said that, do you think that that you know Machido are just that two bit ahead of them at the moment and and are basically going to going to you know stay top for the mm. rest? Yeah, I I thought there might be a wobble because Match had lost at. I was starting to call them runaway leaders, and mm. then they lost. I think at uh, was it at Okayama they lost? They had a man yeah, sent off three games ago. Yeah. yeah, and then I kind of thought we'd be interesting. It's always interesting a runaway, a sort of team that's kind of um, as Tony Pulis would say, having it off um, when they lose a game. How do they react? And Machida basically just kept it going. And uh, I think if you if you see that kind of first half against Nagasaki, it was pretty scintillating. Even Daniel uh, Kuro, a Nagasaki uh, super fan, was kind of saying he's not often that Nagasaki get so comprehensively outplayed in yeah. J two. So I think I think it's definitely I, I don't have them don't have them up just yet. But I think Machida definitely in the in pole position and eight yes. points clear. They can even afford a couple of slip ups and still still be up there so I think um, yeah they, they really are the team to beat aren't they going into the second half of the second I, half I of the season I think yeah. so I, I, do, I do I do think um, you know Jubilo and Shimizu have, are looking dangerous there but depending on how distracting mm. affected they are by I think yeah I think if, Ma- if Machida do not get promoted from this position it will be a case of them sort of imploding rather than anybody else Sort of, you know, yes. catching them up necessarily. So yeah, I think I think Matt should have just shown in the first half of the season they are, um, yeah, they 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 have uh, been a cut above, uh, you know, the point, I points think Verdi, that. And Verdi and Kofu have, you know, starting to put, you know, they're starting to look um, not say dangerous, but they're looking solid and they're yeah. putting results in and I think they, they could be nice for the playoffs. I agree. It's gonna be fascinating to see what happens to Kofu when the, the ACL group stage starts in, yeah, in September. Yes, um so whether that will be a sort of Levan Cup style pain well, in the arse or or whether it'll be the opposite, you know, because um, that's a once in a yeah. Uh, once in a lifetime, perhaps isn't correct, but it's not often that a team, not often that Kofu get into the Champions League. And when so. I watch Kofu, I always feel so jealous because they have Utaka, but presumably mm. that was only because of they won that cup. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, his age, of course, is is not is against him, but his quality is still in J two terms still there. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. I think we we might get a chance to see them close up because they're they're going to play their home games in the ACL at Kokuritsu Kyogijo in in Tokyo. Yeah, but it's probably worth mentioning that there's still lots of football uh, to be played, uh, Steve. So you, you you never know anything anything could happen. That 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 statement about Omiya getting into the top six, you know, from the club might might not turn out to be so so laughable after all. Uh, but um, yeah, we, we we better leave it there. I think, um, Steve, if that's okay, because we, yeah, that's we we're okay. over our allotted our allotted uh, sort of um, banter banter time. 
uh, yeah, I'll just mention real quick before before I let you go. I we, we shouldn't go without mentioning the the Emperor's Cup uh, second round, which still has a couple of uh, dirty stop out uh, straggling uh, games. So next uh, next Wednesday, uh, June the twenty first, uh, one of our J two J two representatives, Kumamoto uh, Gary Irwin, will be uh, keeping a close eye on their game. They're at home to FC Ryukyu from uh, from J three in the Emperor's Cup. So that game at seven pm. Uh, next Wednesday, June the twenty-first. But um, yeah, it's been a it's a full-time job trying to keep track of these uh, these fixtures. So um, yeah, there we go. Oh, thanks, thanks very much. Yeah, it's not <laughs> um, the, yeah, the, the if the J League and the JFA they don't they don't think about podcasters when they're they're putting these schedules together. I don't think. But, not um, at all. Not yeah, at all. Right. Listen, Steve, thanks so much for your time. It's always good to talk, and I hope that next time we chat, we are talking about a sort of only a kind of you know unbeaten run and um, rising up the table. But um, yeah, I've got I've got my fingers crossed for the uh, for the game on Saturday anyway. My pleasure. I hope you and your listeners enjoyed uh, enjoyed it, and uh, uh, keep watching Omir, and uh, I'll keep uh, cheering them on, and uh, we'll uh, see if see what happens. Splendid, splendid. Yeah, the one of the the true voices of the the Squirrel Nation. There, Steve. It's always a pleasure. Thanks. Yeah. Come on, Omir. Um, yeah. Thanks everyone for listening, and uh, yeah, please stay tuned because um, yeah, that's all from Steve and I. But in a moment. Um, yeah, Magic Mike Innes is on hand. He has the uh, the latest J3 uh, reviews and, and previews for you in J Talk uh, Short Corner. So please stay tuned. Uh, and uh, here comes Mike. J Talk Extra Time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to J Talk Short Corner, the mini pod that keeps you up to date with events in J3 of the J League. I'm your host, Mike Innes, and in this episode, I'll be looking back on fixtures in round 13 of the J3 season, as well as previewing the round 14 matches coming up this weekend. There were two games on Saturday, the 10th of June, and there was drama from start to finish at Mitsuzawa, where in-form YSCC Yokohama hosted third-placed Ehime FC. Kei Hoshikawa's home team were in front inside 90 seconds, Hiroto Domoto producing one of his trademark runs down the left, which drew in three Ehime defenders, leaving the coast clear for man of the moment Sho Fukuda to place it inside the far post. But YSCC do have their defensive problems exposed on 25 minutes, Takuya Fujiwara signalling to keeper Jun Kodama to narrow the angle as Ehime striker Ben Duncan raced through on goal. Fujiwara was out sprinted, Kodama was hesitant, Duncan needed no invitation to volley home. Ehime thought they had a winner 20 minutes from time, Ricky Matsuda netting his first in two months as he rose high to head Asahi Yada's cross into the top corner. But stoppage time provided its twists and turns as Fukuda first tied things up by converting a penalty, a questionable decision for what looked a non-foul by Tatsuya Yamaguchi on Yutaro Yanagi. And with the last kick of the match, Fukuda caught the visiting defence napping when he ran onto a long ball and slotted it past Shugo Tsuji. Final score then, YSCC 3, Ehime 2. Nine goals in the last six games for Fukuda, YSCC now up to ninth. Despite Ehime's late collapse, they remain third. 
At a very wet Shiranami Stadium, the other Saturday fixture saw second-place Kagoshima United at home to Vanrare Hachinohe. Kagoshima may have had pretty comfortably the better of things, but they nevertheless lost due to a 28th-minute goal. Yuya Himeno and Daisuke Inazumi combining down the Vanrare left. Aoi Sato brilliantly controlling the cross and sending his shot against the post. Kai Sasaki reacting quickly to scramble home the rebound. At the other end, Noriaki Fujimoto chipped off target in a one-on-one. Vanrade's new keeper Yusuke Taniguchi had an outstanding night and the home side were unlucky to be denied a penalty when Yuji Kimura was through on goal and appeared to be taken out by Masashi Kokubun. Final score, Kagoshima nil, Hachinohe one. Kagoshima's unbeaten run comes to an end at seven games, but they stay second. Vanrade starting to put together a run of their own, and Nobuhiro Ishizaki's side are back up to seventh. Then on Sunday the 11th, after Saturday losses for two teams in the top four, how about the other front runners, Katane Toyama and Nana Club? They were both held to draws. Nana in their trip to bottom side Giravans Kitakushu. The J League newcomers took the lead early in the second half as Shota Yomesaka was left unmarked at the far post and his shot just sneaked past rookie centre back Yusuke Oishi on the line. Bit of a defensive disaster for the equaliser on 71 minutes. Neither Wataru Ise or Daisei Suzuki troubled themselves to close down Ko Seung-jin as he advanced down the Giramant's left, cut inside and beat Arnau at his near post. Ko had a chance to snatch a winner four minutes from time when following a corner he hammered a loose ball over the bar from six yards. Final score though, Kitakyushu 1, Nana 1. Gidavants break their losing streak at four games, but remain rock bottom. Nana have drawn each of their last three, but remain fourth. Meanwhile, table-topping Toyama's run of four straight home wins came to an end in a hard-fought encounter against Gainari Tottori. Katara hit the bar through Tsubasa Yoshihira's spectacular first-time volley. Gainane's Yu Okubo volleyed over when he had a clean strike on goal from 10 yards. The visitors' rookie keeper Ryota Koma caught the eye with an all-action display on his pro debut. And indeed for Gainane, with the division's weakest defence, to keep a clean sheet against the second-best attack is something for which Koma can take particular credit. Final score, Toyama nil, Totori nil. Points dropped for Katane, but given everyone else's inability to win, they stay top. Gainare are now down in 17th. Did anyone in the top six at start of play actually want to win a game? No, they apparently did not, as AC Nagano Parseiro and FC Imabari both suffered home defeats. For Imabari, this was in what 
some may call the battle of the underachievers against Matsumoto Yamaga. The away side opened the scoring on 18 minutes as Yusuke Kikui floated in across. Ren Komatsu beat Hiroshi Futami to it and glanced a header inside the far post. Yuma Matsumoto curled a shot against the bar midway through the second half as the closest the home side came to an equaliser, but Yamaga sealed the points with a minute to go when the Imabari back line could only half clear a corner. Masato Tokida headed it back goalwards and the unmarked Komatsu smashed it into the roof of the net. Final score Imabari nil, Matsumoto 2. The home side unconvincing and now down in eighth. Yamaga's topsy-turvy season continues on an upward swing for the time being, their fifth. As for Nagano, they let slip a 14th minute lead to lose against FC Ryukyu. It was Hiroki Yamamoto who put the home side ahead with a poacher's finish, getting himself on the end of a Yuma Funabashi cross which Takeyuki Takeyasu didn't bother to cut out. As the first half went on, though, Ryukyu began to have some joy attacking down the left-hand side, and it paid off just before the break, when Kelvin's run for the byline was brought to a clumsy end by Masaki Miyasaka. The referee pointed to the spot. Ryunosuke Noda converted with confidence for his sixth of the season. Halfway through the second period, Kelvin blasted over from close range, but moments later he was involved in the setup for what turned out to be the winning goal, his mazy run feeding Takayuki Fukumura, whose chip into the box was half cleared by Hayate Sugi, only for Katsuya Nakano to pick up possession, surge past a static home defence and score from 10 yards. Final score, Nagano 1, Ryukyu 2. A slump in form for Paseudo coming at just the wrong time with a tough schedule over the next few weeks and they slip below Matsumoto to 6th. Consecutive wins for Ryukyu's side looking far more compelling than under former coach Kazuki Kuranuki. Tetsuhiro Kina has them up to 13th. Along with YSCC, one of the division's surprise form teams are FC Osaka, who continued their move away from the foot of the table with a narrow win at Fukushima United. The deciding moment came in the 21st minute, a second goal in two games for Daigo Furukawa, who ran on to Masayam Shibuya's neat header, left Shun Orbu on the floor and drove it inside the post from 15 yards. With the home side looking for an equaliser, Hiroshi Yoshinaga's snap volley from the edge of the area brought a fine save from Tatsunari Nagai in first half stoppage time. And midway through the second half, Yoshinaga fizzed a 25-yard shot just wide of the post. Final score, Fukushima nil, Osaka 1. Regular listeners will have picked up that Fukushima just can't score, as a consequence of which Toshihiro Hattori's team are 18th. Osaka don't score many either, but they're picking up the knack of 1-0 wins, and that useful habit sees them up to 11th. Two teams struggling for form met at Pikara Stadium, where Kamatamari Sanuki took on Iwate Guruja Morioka. 
Much of the action was in the opening 15 minutes, during which Iwate's Kaidi Shinbo sent an early free kick pinging off the crossbar, and at the other end, Himan Morimoto twice had shots blocked by keeper Kenta Tanno when through on goal in one-on-ones. But the decisive moment came midway through the second half. Kamatamari's Takuma Goto advancing unchallenged towards the area and unleashing a 25-yard screamer into the top corner, giving Tanno no chance. Final score, Senuki won Iwate nil. A first win in over two months for the Noodle Boys, who climb to 16th. The lacklustre paper cranes drop to 12th. In spite of his considerable contribution to a five-goal loss last time out, goalkeeper Takahiro Koga retained his place in the SC Sagamihara lineup for the visit of Tegevajaro Miyazaki. But in the 34th minute, Koga dropped Kenta Okamo's corner kick right under the bar for Tomoya Kitamura to bundle it over the line for the opening goal. If that wasn't enough for fans of calamitous goalkeeping, nine minutes later, Okuma passed back to Miyazaki keeper Shunsuke Ueda, who, under pressure from the advancing Ryo Yoshitake, lost his footing when trying to kick it clear and then hauled Yoshitake to the ground. Akira Matsuzawa drew the home side level from the resulting penalty. From there on, Tegevajaro had far more half chances. Kazuma Nagata in particular brought a couple of good saves out of Koga, but it was Sagami Hanna who came closer to scoring again. Carlos Duke curling a delicious 20-yard shot against the post. And in injury time, the hosts had a good shout for another penalty. Ryu Wakabayashi appearing to be bundled over by Kanta Matsumoto. Final score, though, Sagamihara 1, Miyazaki 1. Sagamihara still without a win since round 2, their 19th. Tegevajano unbeaten in 4, but they drop to 15th. Finally, Azul Claro Numazu had the better of things in their home game with FC Gifu, but couldn't make their superior XG or shot count pay. Kenshiro Suzuki had the best chance for Azul Claro with a dipping volley. Charles Unduka was just off target for the visitors. Final score, Numazu nil, Gifu nil. Azul Claro under coach Masashi Nakayama, a frustrating watch. As of all teams in the division, they tend not to get the results their play deserves. If only they still had Ryo Watanabe. The draw means Azul Claro drop to 14th, but Gifu hold on to 10th. Extra time. So now to run through the top and bottom of the league standings after round 13. The top six are... Toyama with 24 points, Kagoshima and Ehime with 22, Nana and Matsumoto 21, Nagano 20. At the other end of the table, the bottom six are Miyazaki with 17 points, Sanaki with 16, Totori 15, Fukushima 12, Sagamihara 10, and bottom of the pile with 7, Kitakushi. 
Before I take a quick look ahead to the round 14 fixtures this weekend, just to mention I'm recording this episode prior to the Emperor's Cup second round tie between Nagano and J1 High Flyers Vissel Corbe being played on Wednesday the 14th. Coverage of that game in next week's episode. As for the league, there are five games on Saturday the 17th. It's third against fourth as Ehime play host to Nana. Leaders Toyama visit out of form Iwate. Can Matsumoto continue to develop their winning run as they host Sanuki? Imabari need to start picking up points again. They go to Miyazaki. And there's a big game in the lower reaches of the table as Totori are at home to Kitakyushu. Then on Sunday the 18th, it's 6th against 2nd, Nagano against Kagoshima. Hachinohe stage a Tohoku derby against Fukushima. In form, YSCC go to Numazu, while another side picking up good results Osaka hosts improving Ryukyu. And finally, Gifu are at home to Sagamihara. With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say, thanks for listening, enjoy your football, and see you next time. Bye for now. 